Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 290. Wow, 290. Yeah, where have you been the last couple? Without you. <laughs> You're saying you've been sad and you've missed me. Yes. Because I've kind of missed you too. No, oh, we got right back in the swing of things. Uh, as always, when one of us uh, takes a trip here yeah, or there, has sure. some guests on, but... Uh, Let's get into the meat of things. We got into some comic book reviews. Yeah, you did a lot of reviews. Well, I only did two, but I talked a lot about Thor today. Yes. Um, Thor 700, Thor 701, and also some more Thor stuff within Doctor yeah. Strange. So that's three. One. I don't know if you can count comic books, but that's three comic books you reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> Not two. I reviewed one, uh, Evolution Number One from Image Comics. Uh, and then we talked about some news, some Marvel news. Talked about Justice League yep. and their finances on their movie, and it didn't quite beat Thor. No, no, I'd, nobody thought it would. A um, little bit of kick-ass news. Um, we also talked about some Infinity Stones and more stuff about Thor. <laughs> Basically... Tony loves Thor. That's the gist of this podcast. <laughs> that is what this podcast is always going to become. No, we had fun today, and uh, hopefully you guys have fun listening to this. To this. Listening tits? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if those are a thing. But... I don't think that they are. <laughs> oh, it's that list that I got now. <laughs> so enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 290, Extra Thordinary. Oh, I learned a lot of thing about uh, kids shows more so than I normally do. Kids shows? Yeah, like I had watched my five year old nephew for the longest time. PJ Masks. You know what that is? Yes, it's little kid superheroes who wear their PJs. Yeah, yeah. I learned that now because I thought it was one of the guys was named PJ, oh. <laughs> and he handed out the mask to his friends, and they're his masks. PJ's masks. Yes. But no, they wear their PJs. And that made a ton more sense to me. <laughs> but then while watching a couple episodes, I'm like, wait, there's these like evil kids. What the fuck is going on kids in this shows world? Kids shows are fucked up. But our sh- kids shows were fucked up too, if you think about it. Like what? Really? Like He-Man or She-Ra or Care Bears or Rainbow They were just Bride showing or... off some very <laughs> masculinity in those so maybe maybe some <laughs> undertones of certain things yeah. in the shows, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they had evil characters in those too. Oh yeah, well they were way way worse. I mean, I don't think everything got past the censors back then. Oh yeah. Nowadays though, like uh, Bionicles, yeah, like that was the only like Milo has watched every single Lego show except for those. So he got really deep into that, and I was kind of like, this is kind of cool. And I never thought those toys were all that great, but. Now I know what he's going to want for Christmas. Bionicles. Yep. It's uh, great when kids get into shit like that because it just makes buying for them so much easier. We started the night last, uh, well, not last night, the night when I uh, babysat him. uh, My roommate also had his daughter over, who she's three three years old and smart as hell. We're going to watch the BFG. Mm, The big big fucking fucking giant. giant. Yeah, that's a (laughs) a, friendly giant. Yeah. (laughs) 
And I thought and that, like the big fucking gun from I Doom. I thought <laughs> that was yeah. going to be age appropriate, except for it kind of starts off with the orphanage, mm. and then they say it starts off with like something about the boogeyman, and then the little girl goes, "Oh, that ain't good." <laughs> And I go, dude. No, that's probably not. We're gonna watch something else. Do you remember watching an American Tale when we were younger? Oh, that shit's scary. The depressing as fuck. (laughs) Very much so. Release the weapon. Kids are uh, way more capable of of handling that shit than we give them credit for. Yeah, but also because my kids, yes, could be desensitized to it. I don't need to hear from my brother and sister-in-law. That I let, I mean, I would let him watch it. Right. I have no problem over that, but just the repercussions right. from that. Not yours. So we're going to watch B-Movie, which I haven't seen that in ages. Which is just a big movie about the extin- extinction of bees. I, and it was so, it's so, it'll start off good until Milo's afraid of bees. Yeah. And then also the little girls kind of get scared of it too. And me and my room were kind of like, that's when we switched down to PJ Masks because they started jumping up and down saying PJ Masks. It's like, all right, I guess we're watching that. We were watching the B movie with them. They yeah. were like, I guess we're going to be playing on our phones yeah. while they watch this. But yeah, kids say the darndest things, and they're so much fun. They are, and they're, they're so much smarter than we give them credit for. And I love that Milo is reading comic books now. Is he? Except for when also riding in my car, I had some, I mean, not adult, but like horror comic books in my... Horror comic books? Yeah, horror. Yeah, so adult. Yeah. <laughs> And, of course, he's just flipping through those, and I'm just, like, thinking there's, like, zombies in that. Yeah. Milo, and he's like, this looks cool. I'm like, for the kid who's scared of fucking bees, mm-hmm. zombies and stuff zombies are okay. Zombies are okay. Bees are real, Tony. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Kids can can understand the concept between real and not real if you teach it to them. Well, bees are totally real, and if they sting you, it hurts. Because I got stung... This summer by a bee, and my arm swelled up to twice its normal size, and I had to go to the emergency room. So, well, one of the things uh, <laughs> I texted my brother about the Punisher just came out, and was like, Milo's enjoying this first episode, <laughs> and he just goes, "Have fun with those nightmares." <laughs> totally kidding! I would not yeah. let him watch that uh, until next yes. year when he's six. People who work for CPS, Uncle Tony did not let Milo watch the Punisher. It would have been really boring anyway. What? I I don't like your attitude on the subject. I I've I've only watched like the first three, and I was bored like instantaneously. Did you have you read any of his comic books or seen any other Punisher movies or? Well, I saw the movies. Yeah, I don't. I the only Punisher I read was I think it was like a like a Marvel Knights Punisher. Those so, ones were pretty good. Yeah. What, uh, did you watch, like, the, all the other Daredevils yeah. and all those? So mm-hmm. you enjoyed him in those? Yeah. It was just the... the just him alone? The build-up to where we've gotten so far, I just thought was really boring. And I'm not a... F- like, I do not like excessive violence. And it's not even the visual, it's the sound. Like, I can't stand the sound of, like... Machine guns? Just gross things going on and... Blood splatters and like I just can't handle that. But here's the thing though, like it's definitely more violent than all those other ones. Mm-hmm. In which case, each one of those had its own set, like kind of direction, and like it felt like its own world, even though they're all connected. In the sense that, like you know, um, Luke Cage was was different than Jessica Jones. Right. 
which were all better than the shit of Iron Fist and Okay, I guess where would you put this on the list of Iron Fist to Daredevil? It's above Iron Fist. Okay. But below Below Daredevil. everything else. Okay. Although I've heard I talked to um Jay Jaycott at uh the con that I went to last weekend and he said the more you watch Iron Fist, the better it gets. Because he's on like his fifth go around with that show. And he says it gets better every Did time you he watches it. Did you ask who his dealer was so I can get some of that? <laughs> it could be that he's a, a full-time comics guy, also has a full-time job, and a small child. So it could just be lack of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, I guess if we're going to talk about Punisher, I guess uh, before we forget, as always, uh, Best on Tap this week. Is um, the Punisher number 218, the legacy cover with him in the War Machine yes. suit. I just, I don't even want to know what Frank Castle would do with fucking War Machine armor. Well, that's, I mean, that's part of what the new story arc is. So this cover really does set the tone of, well, A, all he has to do is spray paint a skull on yeah. it. And you know that's him in there. But at the same point, yeah. If I were a bad guy and I saw that coming at me with the Punisher symbol on it, I would shit my pants and then kill myself. Well, especially because even bad guys would sometimes think, okay, regular war machine at least is reasonable, you know, good guys kind Mm -hmm. of let let bad guys go to jail. Right. Yeah, I would shit my pants. (laughs) And then shoot myself in the head because that's going to be way faster than whatever's going to happen to me next. One hole instead of Swiss cheese through you. Ugh, Yeah. No, that sounds terrifying. But I, I, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome cover. Um, Is it one of the holographic covers? I know you can't tell because we don't have it in front of us. Uh, I, I believe it's a lenticular cover yeah. like that. It's from Tim Bradstreet. So, excellent job on that one. And I, I really have liked a lot of the legacy covers. Yeah, um, for sure. And one hundred percent with some of the books that I'm going to be reading, uh, reviewing today, they are these new Marvel books that have been coming mm-hmm. out that. Wow, they've they've kind of won me back, kind of. Yeah. There's some shit later that I'll say you're forcing it a bit now, but ultimately it's it is great. Like, and I'll just start off with there off the go. shelf right now. Um, Thor number two, or not two hundred, seven hundred and one. That's right, because they went back to their original numbering. Yeah, well, that's kind of how you can tell where. The one thing that does suck with the original numbering is since if you've been reading some of the other ones and you skipped a month, like with me, with Deadpool, uh, last week when I reviewed it, I was like, wait, I know this isn't the first one that came out, and I think it was 287 that came out last week, so I'm like, how, how far ago did it go? Right. And you go look for these ones, and it's like, oh, three issues now. Yeah. Good thing Google's there. The last one I had was 20. Yeah. I think I missed 220 yeah. of them. <laughs> So I, I I can honestly say I see how some readers who are younger, who don't have those fine motor skills to type in Google <laughs> to find out what came out, and who don't go to the comic book shop every week. Right. I mean, we generally do, so we can pick those up and right. see what's on the shelf. Some people that go monthly or just every so often to pick up some titles, they will be a bit confused on where the new story arcs start. Spy pull lists are very important. Very much and so. And also utilizing your comic book store employees, if they know what they're doing, they can tell you what's going on and where you're at. Now, I'd be remiss if not talking about Thor 700, uh, which came out last month, because 
that is setting the tone for everything within the series. And that was a juggernaut of artists. I mean, mainly the, the architect, Jason Aaron, who also is on this one. Uh, he is one of the best Thor... He's been on Thor for a while now. Yes, writers. And me and my brother have given tons of praise to him and all of his works that he's done with mm-hmm. Thor. And knowing going into uh, this, the death of Mighty Thor, which is Jane Foster right now, um, I'm very intrigued because I have... Not because of the person, just with the storylines and everything. I have not read a lot of the Jane Foster Thor. I've followed the Odin son around. Right. Which he was not called Odin's son as a kid, so that is not his name. <laughs> he was called Thor by his father when Isn't he was that his last trouble. name? Yeah. Thor Odinson. So, without having to go into that debacle of me talking about not liking the name, um,. Within uh, Thor 700, it has to do with the Norns. And I don't know how much you know about any of the mythology of... The Norns were in X-Men. Aren't they uh, the White Queen's little sidekicks? No. They are within the oh, Norse mythology. They are they are like the three uh, within <gasps> Greek mythology. Fuck. You know what fates. I'm thinking of? The Wicked and the Divine. There's the Norns oh, okay. are in the Wicked and the Divine. I don't know why I was thinking X-Men. <laughs> Maybe because the white king queen dresses like everyone who's yeah, looking at divine. Probably. <laughs> um, and, and with that, uh, within Thor seven hundred, like they're talking about the tapestry of of Thor's, and it was a it was like a fifty five page book. It was a huge book that went through just a lot of Thor stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about how they've weaved many a tale of Thor, and they got into many different tales of Thor within yeah, seven hundred. Seven hundred issues. And even within the first though <laughs> first couple pages when. When Odin's son, Thor, was talking about how, you know, well, I'll protect you from these people trying to break in here. Um, but it, could you maybe weave for once a damn hammer in my storyline <laughs> to something to that effect? And and I'm like, I, I like when fate is there and can be used for the storytelling, but yet when you can have those weaves, those things that you can see, but they can be changed. Uh, because with what Jason Aaron did with... Um, with Thor a while ago was having the future King Thor at the end of everything being the all-father being the most powerful of all beings and when we've talked a lot about the God Butcher and everything all that stuff kind of shows up within Thor 700 they talk about um, Jane Foster Thor fighting uh, they're saying about how Thor's fought the Hulk many times but she's fighting um, She-Hulk. Mm. And and that was like an interesting thing. They even had uh, Throg, um, Thor Frog. Oh my God. Uh, who also came to save the day going, the the revealed War um, Thor, uh, Volstag, also being one of the Thors in here. You have Odin's son. You have all these things going on. And with all that, they're saying, you know, there's always many Thors, but they're all epic. Right. All the stories of Thor. And these are like alternate universe versions of No, no. This is all like what's going on now in this main universe. There's a lot of Thors. Still a lot of Thors. Some things that... sounds sexy. Some Thors that people may forget. (laughs) I mean, ultimately... And ultimately, huh? Ultimately, the War Thors hammer came from the Ultimate Universe. Right. And that's where here in Volstagg found it. Um, And so he's the... God of uh, blood, bloodbath, or um, 
pretty much he's the Warthor. Like he's not yeah. the god of thunder. He's he's like Ares. Pretty much so. Yeah. Uh, and with and, that, with all these different um, stories, you see the ones where it's happening now. You had some in the past of of Thor being a young kid and trying to lift the hammer and all these things, and kind of they go on about what makes Thor Thor, and it's this resonating. Uh, main thread of all these stories that Jason Aaron has is what makes Thor truly Thor. Right. And also, ultimately, at the end, what makes Thor one that lives at the end. And this is the wrench that they threw in with this was the Necrosword. Necrosword, for you and for readers out there that haven't read some of this other, is what the God Butcherer had as a blade. Pretty much can... Can it bring back the dead? Yeah, it can pretty much kill anything and everyone. And through that, the Necrosword Thor thought was gone, but we're seeing this now at the end of time, the end of universe, so it's not going to show up within the comic books of now, unless there's some time travel doohickey. But it's still there. And what what the fuck does that mean? Well, when you see it at the end of time, when... It was a really... I'm not even going to explain how it set it up because everything was layered within layers because the Nords are telling of these stories of Thor, so you're having all these different Thor stories being told, mm. but are broken up in a way that they flow into the other one of like, but then there's this, but also this, and you go back to this one and that one. But I mainly want to talk about is uh, the Necrosword uh, met Galactus and became absorbed him. And he's it absor- now, the Necrosword absorbed well, Galactus. Well, he absorbed Galactus, or Galactus or Galactus absorbed the sword, or the sword absorbed They're Galactus. They're one now. Yep, and so he's Black Galactus, Butcher of Worlds. Oh my god, that sounds terrifying. Do you know who one of Galactus's big, like, people that he's fought with a lot of times? No. What does he do? He eats planets. Yeah. Just think of any planets that Ego. might not want to, yeah, be eaten. Yeah, the living planet. And then we get Ego kicking... Galactus's ass, and now we have Ego the Necro World, and all this shit is fascinating to me. Being like, this is in this comic book for a reason. When is this going to come to fruition? Because this is at the end of time. Yes. Right. So this is like, God knows when in the future, but they have to be telling it for a reason. And they also show within. They also show a Loki there, um, seeing this. Well, the Loki of now, who okay. is the younger version who they've had for the last couple of years. Okay. I don't want to see adult version come back. He's just a dick. I yeah. like young, mischievous Loki. And he's like thinking, oh, I now see a way for us to end or something. Which, throughout these other small stories, you still see that infighting between Thor and Loki. You see sometimes they're they're okay, sometimes they're not. And it's it just all flows well. And this is all also seven... Issue number 700 that came out last month. I haven't gotten to 701 yet. (laughs) You also see, like, the visions of the Norns. And it's setting the stage for be epic uh, comics. And they just say, don't let Jane... And then it kind of, they, you know... It ends ends there? It just kind kind of like... Don't let Jane dot, dot, dot. Yeah, so, like, die. Don't let her do something. Now let's set the stage for what's going on with the now. You have the past, you have the future, you had some things that could happen. 701 starts off with uh, Warthor going to old Asgard. Because within the comic books, Asgard's been abandoned and we have Asgardia 
floating in, in space and, and everything. And there, uh, Mongan come, Mongag comes back. Mongag. I remember you talking about him previous. M-A-N-G-O-G. It's man, man, Mangog. Yeah. Mangog. And it's just through for him, the paper for that name. I mean, he's he was created uh, as you know a huge, powerful enemy that has come back multiple times mm-hmm. to fight Thor. Um, pretty much the the stories are as such that, and he also showed up within seven hundred to kind of set the stage for this. But he is he's got the power of a billion people that have died because pretty much at one point Odin didn't like this world and just killed them all, and through that their consciousness created this being that cannot be destroyed. Ooh. In fact, one time Odin resurrected all those people to try to prevent this being. Did not work. Well, it did it for that storyline, but like it, it, he comes back always. And what you had is an ultimate showdown of like, uh, Volstagg even says well, you have the you know power of a billion people. Well, I have the power of a whole universe because he has the hammer from that universe. And when you find out that even he can't beat him, like Volstead can't beat Mangog. You're you're seeing a power player within this story, and he always comes to destroy gods. When Melkith showed up, and he doesn't smell of a god, doesn't smell of Asgardian. Melkith kind of being the key player behind this this war that's going on. Right. You you get this sense of all right. He he knows he's safe. And he's kind of pushing Mangog in the correct way. He's actually pointing him to Earth where there is Thor. But who is Thor? Well, Thor is Jane Foster right now. Right. She's not a god. Is she a god? She's a god when she has the hammer. Ah. And And if she lets go of the hammer, doesn't... She'll die if she's not Thor, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she can... And it's... I don't know the time, exact time limits they have on it. Because they've now made uh, Majorner be sentient and stuff too which you kind of get the sense from I hate it when they do that I will say this for anyone that's jumping on to Thor 700 is the best fucking book I've read in forever of jumping on to tell all those stories and even in that it explained how uh, she didn't have the hammer for a certain amount of time because it was flying around and stuff so she was turning back in Mm. Um, and Who Saved the Day was kind of a cool little uh, thing that happened so her, though, having never fought this being before, not having any idea how powerless being is, seeing it already bring down a Thor, a Thor of war, like... Oh, hit me to make you laugh. I'm just... That, that's his name. I mean, I that's what he does. It was just the way, it, the way you said it. It, was... it just made it, it made it seem like a threat that is super powerful in a way that was easily conveyed from one fight, knowing that this being also is just getting stronger and the hatred and the rising and being afraid from the previous issue of what does that mean? It's, you know, people are going to think Jane dying, but is it something else? Right. Is it giving up the hammer? Oh, also, by the way, uh, yeah, uh, Mangog actually cracked the hammer and broke it and destroyed it. Oh, Jane's so, Jane hammer. No, Volstag's. Okay. The War, the war Thor. War Thor. Yeah. So, the Thor of War. Having a being be able to break a hammer, yeah. which also then made him just back to regular Asgardian god, not uh, uh, the War Thor. Right. Because he's now dead floating in space because he then got his ass kicked because oh he didn't god. have that extra. 
there was a lot of that was going on into this book, but it, it mainly kind of was pulling this thread of this storyline. And I'm curious to see some of those other storylines from 700, but I'm assuming that this is going to be the main one that they're going with right now. Yeah. <sighs> it was I, good. I looked up Mangog because I had never heard of him before. I Wikipedia'd him, and he's fucking ugly as fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That kind of lizard, weird, yeah. uh, um... Buffalo lizard robot looking thing. Yeah. He's, yeah. It does say his notable alias is Odin, though. So what the fuck does that mean? Has he pretended to be Odin in the past? It's probably because of... Well, he's probably said he was Odin to trap Thor and then ah. came about like, ha ha ha, not me. Because Odin's a fucker sometimes. I could see him being a dick like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you done yeah. with Thor? Okay. So I picked up this week Evolution number one, which is a image slash skybound title, which I actually did some research on because I had no idea what sky... Like, I've been seeing a lot of skybound stuff come out. I say I've heard of that. It's Robert Kirkman's... Like oh yeah, yeah okay that's why the Walking Dead is a Skybound title that's and, why I know that name yeah and well I, you don't see a lot of because most all those then get published on their image right and they always usually just put the image logo on there but now they've been starting to also put the Skybound logo on there so I just thought that was interesting because I had no fucking idea what Skybound was um, they also do uh, games and movies and all that stuff so image must be their publisher. And they're like a entertainment conglomerate or something. I don't know. Robert Kirkman's behind it. So I trust him. Um, but anyway, Evolution. Uh, I grabbed it because it was number one and I hadn't read anything from Image in a while. I had no knowledge going into this book what it was about. But I could tell just by the cover, the art is done by the same guy who did the art for The Bunker. If you remember that title oh, yeah. at all. Uh, Joe Inf- Infurnari, or however you say his name. But it's um, it's totally 100% the same style as The Bunker, but actually I think it's better. It's much more uh, detailed yeah, yeah. than what The Bunker was. The Bunker got a little messy and dark there towards the end. I They haven't come out with a new one in a while, so I'm just going to assume it's over. But <clears throat> So this book is written by four different people. How does that like writer's room or is there four it's, different so there's stories? There's three different storylines, three different characters in this book okay. that you follow their storylines. So one of the stories is co-written because there's four of them. Um, but the writers are James Asmus, Joseph Keatinge, Christopher Sabella, and Joshua Williamson. So this follows uh, a doctor. And then a nun, and then a girl who, I don't really know what she does. She's, but the, it, the whole premise of this book is us as humans have evolved over a million years. Now we're evolving again, a million years worth of evolution, like instantly. So we're totally just jumping ahead a million years in our evolution, just suddenly. And some of this is the, the evolutionary traits are really grotesque. And because nobody knows really what's going on yet, it just looks like 
maybe like chemical warfare is happening or something because it's a lot of like added limbs. Maybe this is the and... missing piece of eugenics. Or was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of this sort of genre of story going on right now because you know our world is falling apart. <laughs> so people are trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Um, so it's it's got this doctor and he's kind of you know he he works at a free clinic. This kid comes in. Uh, he checks him out. He, the kid used to have asthma. Now he doesn't anymore. And the doctor notices he's got like scratches on his side. And you're like, and then he freaks out. And then end scene, right? You don't know why he freaked out. The doctor's just like, oh, I slipped and fell. Sorry, I swore in front of your kid. And then like the family leaves and that's just kind of the end of the story um, for that moment. And then you jump to a nun who's being called into uh, church because there's this guy in there who's freaking out. He only speaks German. He's grotesquely disfigured, but he keeps saying something over and over and over again that like piques her interest, some word that she's heard before. She can't remember where she heard it, but it's the only word she understands because she speaks English and he speaks German. Um, and then he shoots himself in the church and scene. And then you cut to this girl who's like going through her parents. Her, both of her parents have died. Um, and they owned this business where they would buy and sell movie reels. So she's like going through all their stuff, but she's also looking for something for somebody because one of their clients had asked her to find a particular reel for him. And so she finds it, she takes it to his house and then it, there's an explosion and this thing comes out running at her. And then the guy that she's selling the reel to shoots the guy and that's end of that scene so it's kind of like i have no clear idea what's going on right now it does cut back to the doctor and you find out that this kid that no longer has asthma with the scratches on it he actually had gills like so he had formed gills oh as an evolutionary trait because they lived in philadelphia and the air quality there is so poor that's cool and interesting. It, right? And then the they come back to the nurse, and she looks in a book to find the word that she had heard, and she gets this really freaked out look on her face, but then she looks at her body, like, in the mirror, and something's going on. Like, there's, there's marks on her back, and it kind of looks like you, like, in a sort of movie or like an infection like this guy touched her so now she's infected but if this is a book about evolution that's not what's going on so i don't know i don't know what's going because that's <laughs> just kind of where that ends like she looks at herself in the mirror and it looks like she has ebola or leprosy or something and then it does not cut back to the girl with the movie reel so i don't know what's going on with that either because the guy that she's selling this to is supposed to be, like, this collector of weird-ass shit. And now he's shooting people in his house. and so That's it's very interesting. It's really intriguing. And it's totally set up in a way where it's like, I don't know. I kind of know what's going on. But I don't. Do you almost feel like you need to read it a second time? Yes. I think so. And, and, it's, and I do have to say, it's not because of the fact that there are different writers on this. Because reading it, I did not even realize that, that it was written by four different people. So it's not disconnected in any sort of way in terms of writing style. 
And it's all one artist. So even though it's four different writers, it's still one artist. So Mm -hmm. that ties everything together. But it's just, I just don't, I just don't know what's going on. And I'm totally going to have to read it again. Um, And I say this a lot because I read a lot of number ones. And I'm like, now I want to know what happens. And then I don't read any more of them after that. (laughs) (laughs) But I really want to know what's going on in this one. um, Because they left it just so wide open for everything. The only thing that got resolved was that the kid had gills. Okay. Well, I think that was almost like a... We need to show you at least that right. there is something. Yes. Like we just didn't leave this open ended for everyone, right. but we left it open ended for these other ones. Yes. Well, this book is called Evolution, so here's why. Yeah. Just so, so you, you do don't... see something yes. is happening. Yes. Stick with us, and we'll reveal yes. more. And that's I do, well, I love it and hate it. I truly love it when I don't get all that I want right away. Mm-hmm. Internally, like I get like the inner child, like I want it now. I, I want to know now. I know. But I'd rather have the satisfaction later than all up front, because right. then it's a shorter story, it's a, not the mystery. So, the one thing I do have to point out is this very first page, it's got like this priest guy, he's doing some sort of ritual, people have boxes on their heads, there's a naked lady in the background, and I don't know if this is the doctor, because he looks very similar, but this is literally all you get for this. So I don't know what this page has to do with the rest of the book. Other than that, maybe this is the doctor that we then go to. Because this is that and then it's now. But (laughs) (laughs) Only um, because those words say that. Right, right. Yeah, I would have had no idea otherwise. Um, But, so was our evolution brought by some sort of weird ritual? Is that what's going on here? See, that's what I was wondering too. Like, from that scene, is... Is this a play, but it looks more like it is? No, some... there's totally something going on here. Yeah, it does seem... Well, I mean, it could be a play if it was a stage and there's people up in those, uh, you know, seats. Yeah. But I think more of... They all have boxes on their heads, though, so they're not seeing shit. <laughs> it's probably why she's okay with being And that's naked. where I think, though, this is a... <laughs> the, it's a tell of what is going on. It's, it's not necessarily evolution in a sense of people would think. Right. But it's more of a magic thing yeah. that's going on. Possibly. And that's just another notch in the what the fuck's going on with this book <laughs> sort of thing. So, you know, the and the art is great. I loved the art in the bunker. It did get a little messy there, I thought. But that added to that story because that story was really fucking confusing half the time. Um, but I love Infernari's work most of the time. So, All right. Well, I have another book that kind of coincides with the last book I just reviewed, and it is Doctor Strange 381. Just a Marvel whore now, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Can you guess what the connection would be? Between Doctor Strange and, and Thor. Thor? They were in that last movie together. Okay. okay. No, besides <laughs> that, I guess... The... No. Well... If I thought about it, maybe I could come up no, with No, you wouldn't get it. No? Okay. Yeah. So... I mean, Doctor Strange is typically a book that follows Doctor Strange. Sometimes, though, the title has been used when Doctor Strange hasn't been in it because it's following someone else who is the Sorcerer Supreme, such as this case. The new Sorcerer Supreme right now is Loki. Oh. And I had heard, heard about this, and this is one of those things where 
with with all the comics and everything, I, w- I was really... I love Doctor Strange. It is one of my favorites, as well as Thor, so that's another reason tying together. But this is the jumping-on point for the new, uh, new ordering numbering, so 381. And so with the jumping-on point, I was hoping, okay, they're going to explain a bit of what I've missed in the last couple. Um, I read some of Doctor Strange when he was in the Dark World uh, with the whole Secret Empire thing. But that was like also not what was mainly going on within his realm and story and everything. And they kind of explain it where um, Loki lost a... Or Loki had won a tournament. And those are the rules. And with magic and rules, those are things that you need to follow. A magical tournament? Yes. To somehow become Sorcerer Supreme. Now I really need to go back and and get those issues (laughs) to see how that tournament went. To see if on the pages there were some trickery on Loki's part to have gotten it but like that's the thing with when you write Loki though is everyone expects them to be trickery so right. that when you don't have that you're kind of like wow he, he won it outright just on his own yeah how did that happen magical skills so I need to go back and see that but this book starts off with um this girl who is now his new uh apprentice and his well, you're thinking that this is going to be about Doctor Strange, so you're still getting that hint of, you know, the Doctor's not in or he's not here, but they're kind of being a little with their words of where they're going um, with it. And she had been, within the first part, uh, she was uh, Zelma Stanton. Had Stephen was poisoned by some mystical thing. Uh-huh. She then took the poison, was going to take it on her. He then used some magic spell points and then took it away from her. <laughs> and, magic and, spell points? Did you just, is that a D&D reference? Yes. <laughs> and that, and, and Wong, you know, his old assistant, Wong didn't like that, so he objected and left. And so I was able to then know where he's at, which is not here, and the reason why within the first page of, like, the whole little synapsis from before... But you you you're still left with this mystery of where is uh, Stephen, and it comes towards the end. But when you start seeing that there's this person that has two haunted eyes that he needs to haunted get haunted eyes. Yes, their his eyeballs are haunted, what? and within it, like she's just saying, is it one spirit or or both or the same one in both eyes or both you know there's different elixirs stuff that they'll have to do for it and i just thought that was so weird strange and awesome that that was people come to dr strange for these afflictions right he is a doctor yeah of of the okay i have questions already um and it has nothing to do with the storyline but do they get into what as haunted eyeballs mean no just i mean they, they talk to each other they're alive they're he needs to get them unhaunted, so they're that's just there. So weird. I know. <laughs> it's great though. And that's how it starts <laughs> off, which is the mystery of like I want to know more about the eyeballs than right. anything else. How do your eyeballs get haunted? You have these like snakes that are all over, which I had learned um, were originally uh, when Stephen was the um, sorcerer supreme told her not to talk to him, and now I just love hello, Madam Zelma. It's nice to see you and, and to be respecting you and tell the new master we're respectful. Yes. Yeah, we're good snakes now. Like, and I'm just like thinking, okay, so these probably were evil snakes. Yeah. Whoever this new person is, and like I said, having kind of already known it was going to be Loki, though, you see what kind of respect that Loki has right. within this realm. 
And then this door, and, and I was hoping they're going to come back to it within it, where there's an X in there, and the haunted eyeball guy was like, someone really wants to get in there, and she goes, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> and then That's we, it. And then we, get to the, well, then we get to the meat of the story where there is um, the bar without uh, doors, which is a magical place where, um, well, not magical, but it's a magical bar where people of magic go to, mm-hmm. um, and only they know where it's at. And Loki's there telling of a story of, once again, saving the realm from things for, to these other witches. I mean, there's many people of powers and stuff that also help. I mean, Sorcerer Supreme is just the big, big guy that also... He's like the protects. headmaster of Hogwarts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, and there's, you know, everyone else has their realms and everything. And he's telling these, them the story about doing that. And they're just like, well, you know, but you're lying, you know, because you didn't pay the price. And and Loki's like you know, you know, I what I'm not gonna pay the price because like what it seems to be is like you take on like that burden of things when you're doing spells. So you get hurt in magic, which isn't real, but people <laughs> who believe in magic, like in our real life, believe in the rule of three, which is whatever you do comes back at you times three, and everything has a cost. Well, yeah, and that's yeah. and and so he's just like saying, you know, I'm the god of mischiefs and trickery. You know, I don't like rules. Um, magic pretty much is the antithesis of rules. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, Loki, you got, yeah, yeah. I agree that's with true. you. Yeah. I'm wondering how you're doing this though, um, because within his battle, it seems like he has no war wounds on him. No, nothing bad has happened to him with using spells. No, and he just says it's because I'm a god. And I know in some sense there is going to be, it's going to come back to him tenfold, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't shown it yet. And he's trying to tell these other, the magic users that he will eat their sins. He will allow them to do that and not have them take on those burdens. He will take them on for them. And then one guy goes, well, all right, there's got to be a price to pay here now. And... And then he goes, well, there's this door that I want to get in. Mm. And I go, yes. Not only did they come back through it, he's here trying to help them do that. As well as find some spell that I guess has never been able to be found, which I'm sure is going to be kind of a holy grail that he's going to come after. That was just one part of this book that I really enjoyed seeing of Loki's trying. I mean, he's not being a dick of like, I want the world to end. He's like, I got to do this but he wants what loki wants yeah and i also was noticing that this this uh his the robe uh dr strange's robe was like kind of looked like patched and checkered and i didn't know what was happening well of course uh the mighty thor shows up and she's thinking you know what are you doing wearing his garb you know you're not the real you know Mm -hmm. sorcerer supreme and then he just zapped her away to um, one of the realms to show the giants, you know, building an army. They're going to be doing stuff. And she goes, how did you do that without opening your mouth to cast a spell? He goes, I think that's stupid because when you start announcing the spell you're going to do, you're going to let the bad guys know what you're doing. And I go, A, again, genius. And then B, but you need to have that synaptic component in that mm-hmm. if he's doing it without that, he truly does have right. some sort of he's a god magic that he's been able to use. So I have another question. Yeah. Because I don't read a lot of Thor, so I apologize if this is a stupid question. Yeah. Um, in the movies, Loki is not a god. He's a baby. Uh, was it ice giant? Yeah. Oh, and so. he he truly is. 
But as far as what like, Odin bestows the powers of things, you can be an Asgardian. Uh, you can be an Asgardian, but not necessarily a god of something. Right. Um, he kind of so, then okay. All right. I didn't know if in the comic book they followed that same where he wasn't really Odin's. Oh son. no, they all know. Like okay, but he in all purposes he is right because he adopted him and his law is the law of the yeah. universe and he bestowed power upon him it wasn't something kind he was of born it just with. it's just kind of being in the presence of right. you know good old dad all day okay you know right. you kind of just start getting that sense of godhood okay all right that's all that's yeah. all i needed to know <laughs> so when he's showing her though that he can see things beyond most people he goes if you know if you don't think i'm doing this to be real you can take the mantle. And she she's like then saying, wow, you can see me. All right. I guess there is things that not even my hammer can, you know, fell. And I'm going to be watching you and stuff. And when she goes through a portal away, the coolest thing that I got from this issue was, well, it wasn't the coolest thing, but it was, I thought, a really cool thing was he goes uh, by uh, Dr. Foster. Because no one knows who that is, but with him being able to see all... Right. He could even see who that was. God damn, where was he when we all didn't know who Lady Thor was? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been nice to know. Well, no, that, well, well, that's him being the Sorcerer Supreme, though, saying that yeah. he sees all these other things. So I'm sure Stephen probably knew um, within the books um, of that. But I, I, I really like that where the story is going, and I, they get to the end where the person that's kind of explaining of I lost Loki and stuff throughout there, there's the, I don't know. They're not word balloons, but the, the other kind of like rectangles like, that like kind of are telling dialogue. Yeah. That's like telling the, the story. Storyteller. And you're kind yeah. of thinking, you know, who is telling the story? There's even one spot where I was like, I'm pretty sure this is Steven because he's telling, well, Loki beat me. Yes. And it's his book. And even when Loki was then explaining his story to the bar, his internal monologue, was going over the other one. I was like, that seems kind of strange. <laughs> it does seem strange. Yeah. Steven's strange. With no pun, but, <laughs> and it's because of the way that, you know, they're struggling of who's dominant in this story. Mm. But you then see Steven who I wouldn't say is, is been unkempt. He has a full beard, not the cool goatee. Not that he the Tony. I live in a cabin in the woods beard. Yes. <laughs> No, he, it, well, it is, it looks, and he's now um, talking to Wanda, another magic user, of, you know, she's like, you gotta come back, and he goes, Loki won fair and square, and I I wanted to do magic to fix my hands to do something, and he's in a lab coat and everything, she's thinking, wow, he's a doctor now, he's doing things, and then she leaves, and then as he's saying, you know, uh, ain't that right, and this dog starts talking to her, she said, if you want to be Dr. Doolittle, and the dog goes, what's Dr. Doolittle, and then you find out Oh, he's not a real doctor. He's I a mean, vet. Okay, I guess they I don't want to say doctors. that. Yeah. <laughs> Before I open my They're mouth. They're just animal doctors. <laughs> and so that's where he's at. And I'm like, huh? that's interesting. I did not think yeah. that he would be like a civilian doing things. Obviously, he's gonna. it's going to come back around to him because he's the best. But I like that they're exploring something different. So since Loki... So does that mean Steven's out of magic right now? He's still a magical being. Like, well, he, he obviously could talk to the animal. Right. And yeah, and he'll always have magic right. because he knows the mystic arcs. He knows how to do a spell or two. Well, he has to keep that magic going and keep his hands right, too, doesn't he? 
Well, his his hands are always yeah. I mean, they kind of help him yeah. with his hands because his hands are fucked up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I just I I like that he can talk to the animals yeah. and I want to see an entire issue of just Stephen Strange that. <laughs> well, I want to know. I want just like Loki. I want to know what the hell is behind that one door. Yeah. And I also want to know like what's. I mean, there's something that's gonna happen. Well, yeah, the moment he probably opens that door, that's where... Dormammu. Strange was, like, hiding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be the perfect setup. Marvel, please. I know you listen to our podcast. Make that happen, because I want to have Dormammu. Yes, but uh, I-, I love this direction where it's going. Um, writer Donnie... Uh, uh, Kate's and artist uh, Gabriel Hernandez Walta. Uh, Jordi Belair's on colors here. Of course he is. I think Jordi Belair co- colors everything Marvel does. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, again, I, another legacy title that is interesting. Yeah. Um, with all these two at the end, they explain. So, like with the Cap one, um, they had that recap page. All these have, like, kind of. An artist and the writer kind of just made like a small three, five page story of the original, what happened to the person. So it kind of like mm. Doc Strange, I was in, you know, had an accident, went oh, and studied mystic arts I and gotcha. became. For the new readers. Yeah, I guess yeah. to kind of know what the original, right. you know, story was about. Yes, because a lot of them have been bastardized throughout <laughs> the years. <laughs> so what should be canon, yeah. Yeah. So Marvel, so you're, you were 100% DC, Team DC for a while, and now you're switching back to Team Marvel. I'm not, I'm just trying to switch it up in general, I mean. But Marvel is winning you back. It's winning me back, but I mean, nothing will be beating what Batman's doing right now. Well, that's, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, the legacy stuff has uh, really helped. I think something that. December's going to be amazing. That's all I'm saying. For what? For Batman? For Marvel. Oh. Yeah, I know I, what you're looking forward to. Yes. Jean Grey is yes. coming back. Phoenix. I'm so excited. They better not fuck it up or I'm going to flip the table. You Probably know what they're going studio. to do? Hmm? Fuck it up. Yeah, I know. Shut up. I have high hopes. <laughs> well, I, I guess this would be a good uh, point to uh, throw out there with Phoenix... Coming back, did you hear there's going to be a Marvel wedding? Which I, is... Marvel I, sent out the save the date yeah. for June 20th, 2018. Everyone save the date. There's a Marvel wedding coming. <laughs> and I find it ridiculous that those are still are events that are like, everyone, who's going to get married? Yeah. Like Deadpool, I think, was the last big one that I think got so married. Too. Yeah. I mean, the one that I think... Well, what hit it all off was Sue and Reed Richards when mm-hmm. they got married. And then, yep. you know, Peter Parker had a huge one with Mary Jane. And there's been others over the years. But who is it that you think? And one of my thoughts is we haven't explored, but within Marvel Legacy, original Logan is back. So besides having multiple Thors, we have multiple Logans right. running around the universe. If there's no Cyclops around. Oh, shit. You think it's going to be... Gene and Logan? Why not? If it's the original Gene being resurrected and we have original Logan, and they always had a little bit of something... Logan's not the marrying type, I don't think. You don't think his one true love (laughs) 
he got married before he was married. That's fair. <laughs> he was. So I guess was Gene isn't his one did true. They, did they? Was he married to Silver Fox? I think they were married. I mean, they were. I mean, yeah, they were together. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'll have to re-explore uh, my my Logan lore. Yeah. But him and Gene would be a good couple. I know. I hope that's not it. God, I hope that's not it. I hope that's not it. You know who I really so think it hard. is, though? Who do you think I mean, I only is? brought it up because you said that. What I'm really predicting, and this also comes from... I think everything today is going to revolve around Thor, I you guess. You think it's going to be Thor and Jane? No. Deathbed wedding. That's close. very macabre. Oh, well... <laughs> no, well, I say close, not because of that. Uh, and it comes also from something that uh, Jay said when we were talking about the Thor movie and how if if when Thanos comes to Earth, if Hela's going to show up in there as being the personification of death. And I'm mm-hmm. like, God, I hope not, because that's not who he should be in love with. He should be the personification, not a physical being of death, because right. there are multiple of them. But there's only one true death death right. that can neither be created nor destroyed. And in Thor 700, you see Hela at the end of the the future timeline talking to an older looking Thanos. But he still looks like kind of Thanos, just more wrinkly in the face. It's like gray instead of purple. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just talking about like what their scheme is going to be within the Thor books. But... Him then in a silhouette of like kind of dark of him then holding her. I do, you know, I do anything for you, but what we need to do first is kill more. So you think it's gonna be a villain wedding. It's never been done. That's except, well, Deadpool doesn't count as a villain. No, but, but here's the thing: why I really think that, and I could have explored a bunch of other people that we thought, but I just want to get to the meat of this. Is Already, it's kind of setting up that they have something in the future. She is a death-like creature, so mm-hmm. it kind of coincides. But everything that Marvel fucking does with the comics has to coincide with the movies. And I think Jay was correct of saying they're going to have her survive what happened at the end of Ragnarok. And she's going to be that personification in the movie. Kind of what I thought. This book is going to be right around that release. Yeah. So you now have everyone being like, what's this wedding? And then you're like, oh, people who have never read Thanos. Oh, Thanos likes Hela. And then when they see the movie, oh, Thanos likes Hela. Huh. I don't... They're making it so predictable now. I mean, that would... I mean, it would be interesting for them to do a villain wedding. Because I I don't follow Marvel books enough to know, like, who the hot couples are right now to even figure out who would be getting married well, that's why I it's well, I mean, wedding could, of the century or The whatever. only people I think have been waiting forever to get married is Kitty and Colossus, but... yeah. I don't even know where the relationship stands right now because I haven't been reading right. whatever X book that yeah, cause is. Yeah, because wasn't she... I feel like Kitty was with Star-Lord <coughs> for a minute. Was, but yeah. that, that broke up. Yeah. So I I really I, I really think that it is Thanos now that more and more has been talked about it. Well, it could be interesting. But... I don't want to save that date, though. I wouldn't go to that wedding. Terrifying. Well, yeah. Well, the colors are all going to be purple, and well, there's some baddies <laughs> that are kind of on Thanos's side. Yeah. So, but it also depends on where the story happens. Um, I mean, who knows? Even this in the future version of Thor, they've already been married. So now we get the time where right, right. now he's just kind of a, a dickhead Thanos, not evil destroyer Thanos. I mean, he has his own book that I love reading, and right. he is a dick and destroys things, but yeah. he's a well. 
balanced character. She's doing it for love. But I want to say this too. So there was a, a teaser for uh, Marvel of They Hold Infinity that had um, Star-Lord holding uh, Infinity Stone. You have Logan and you have Captain Marvel holding one. And this is going to be their big event. Oh, wait, they're not doing events. Oh, but Jesus their story, and this is what kills me. This is coming out this spring to coincide with the other fucking movie. But it has Logan in it. Well, in Marvel Legacy, uh, number one, that giant book, Logan showed up in there with an Infinity Stone. And he's been, ever since, no one ever was like, what the fuck? How did he have a stone? Where's he at? What's he doing? Um, like I said, and it is the space gem he has. So I think he just hijacked it out of that cocoon. But however, it was crushed or it was torn open in the comic book. That's still the mystery to be found. Within Guardians of the Galaxy this week, uh, issue 147, they just found the Power Stone. One of the gems. Right. Yeah, no, I... But the, the blank look wasn't because I didn't know what didn't, that okay. was. <laughs> um, but with with that being said, what they found it in was interesting. It's these you think these gems are all like you know could fit all of them in the palm of your hand, right? This was a massive like three story tall building, fucking rock stone solid. What? Exactly, and that's when they're these like all go on in gauntlet. Yeah. And what uh, Marvel heads has been saying since this week when that debuted, because we've already, like I said, these haven't shown up since Secret Wars. Right. Logan having one within this Marvel Legacy number one was the first time in like, holy shit, Stone's coming back. Well, of course they're coming back into the universe because we got to use them within the movies. Now that we have this giant massive one, because you're always thinking they're gems, they're saying after Secret Wars, they could be anything. They could be anywhere. Heck, the time gem might not even be in our time. Like, oh. So now they're really leaving a mystery for people that have followed the stones throughout the comic book history and everything with them. They could be anything. They could be anywhere. Were the stones sentient for a minute? Well, they are. Are the, they still? The, they're the, they weren't ever sentient amongst each other. They are. There was a within the um, Iron Man series, the Ten Rings. Yeah. Oh, that's that what it the was. Mandarin had. Yes. Those were sentient. Okay. That storyline kind of went nowhere, but yeah. that was interesting at the time. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but the stones, uh, no, but they okay. are from a previous god of the previous universe, and it's interesting that what what they use is yeah. So that previous universe was kind of destroyed, so now they could be anything. And what does that mean? Were they? in the other universe where they kind of like that and then chiseled down and refined to that heart of it. Mm-hmm. But it makes it interesting now because Star-Lord and Nova, who discovered this other one, they can't just put that in their pocket and no, safeguard it. giant fucking stone. Yeah, yeah. In, in kind of like a silo within that comic book that I almost would have reviewed that if not for just knowing we are going to talk about it here and now. Right. And that's kind of the meat of that, that book. But again, they're bringing them up I love it, yeah. But you don't need to time no. it with the movie. Well, no, you could have debuted this now. You could have debuted this, yeah, two years ago. You could have debuted this whenever. And it's not going to coincide with the movie because again, it has Logan in it, and he's not allowed in the movies. But the whole what's going to happen within this is the heroes are going to find the gems within the comic book. Thanos is going to rise to power and get his gauntlet back. 
guarantee you that happens within yeah. the comic books because it's going to happen within the movies. Stop affecting my fucking comics movies. <laughs> I love you. I'm going to always love your movies. Stay the fucking movies. Well, and also, like, these, so, are, these so, are movies based on previous stories, so you don't need to redo the story. Just say, hey, people, if you want to read the source material, here's the issues you go and read. Well, so I'm even uh, up to the... Actually, I do think even in the book it would be kind of cool if he married Hella, but I'm, I'm open to the idea of even if that's who they kind of replace... But then I'm not because I'm like, it just, it doesn't seem like Thanos sells and be like, oh, hey, babe, I, I like you, random person. Like, yeah, I think they should just have no love triangle there and just he's a conqueror. Yeah. He doesn't need to in the, in the movie to like, like this death lady. No. But I see them teaming up within it because she's predominantly made within Thor to be this all powerful being. Right. She <sighs> smashed the hammer. Yes, she did. Just like Mangog. Yes, Mangog. Which just sounds like a weird evolution of man. Oh, so uh, also some Thor. I'm just going to be all Thor. That's fine. (laughs) All Thor, all the time. Uh, Made over 700 million worldwide now. Yeah, nice. So it's it's going quite quite well for Marvel. Um, Yeah, how's... uh... Like, 247 million domestic. I mean... Yeah. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Uh, That's an overall successful movie. It is. Let's talk about one that may be not so successful. Yes. When you issue success on home box office isn't always telling, but when... No, because uh, Americans will fucking watch everything. Well, (laughs) or they won't, because uh, debuting at around 100 million it's justice league mm. and that is where now granted their overall uh, take from uh, around the world was closer to um a, a 2 million or so right. or so worldwide they're doing a lot better but they're not doing all that great in america and so let's let's talk about what happened to this movie before the movie even came <coughs> out is there are Rotten Tomatoes score was leaked ahead of the movie. I don't think that had anything to do with it. Really? Because I know a lot of people out there who totally judge whether they're going to go see a movie based on its Rotten Tomatoes score. I think a lot of people were planning on going to see this movie regardless. Even if it was a shitty score, they were still going to go see it. You think so? Yep. But it didn't draw any new people in. True. If if the Rotten Tomatoes score would have come out and it was like... Above eighty percent, I don't even remember what the score was. It was 53. low. Yeah, I would say even if it was above seventy percent, I think there would have been people out there who'd been like, "Oh my god, this movie's actually good. I'm totally gonna go see it now." I would have. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I would have made some time for it in my schedule. Um, I th- I think though you you misinterpret what Marvel has done, which is made good movies and has had their parent company, Disney, let them make those movies. Right. And what DC has not done is let their parent company shit all over it and say, you have to do this, this, and this. Right. It's something that I've said many times before. Warner Brothers needs to get out of the business yes. of fucking telling people how to make movies, even they, though they're the movie side. But they, I heard that they passed down like a thing that their movies can't be more than two hours now. Yeah. And Which you can't do in movies like this. Yeah, you need to have time to let yeah. these... And let the director's 
make the time of what they feel they should flow. Because right. then you're cutting out key scenes mm-hmm. or changing things. And uh, the CG, I mean, I know even in the trailers, didn't look the greatest. Yeah. Like, you could have spent a little bit longer time on Cyborg. I mean, cool to 90s degrees, but nowadays, right. that shit looked not not real. And then uh, also here, some, one reviewer goes like, it seemed weird, like, uh, something was off with, like, uh, Superman's mouth. Well, remember, they had to oh, digitally take out his mustache. Yes. And people could tell. Oh, my God. And it's, like, that sort of shit that I, I don't think they had. They had so many more problems with this that I, I'm not rooting for them to fail. No. I love. God, I. I, I love things. But they are failing, yeah. and they're going to continue to just make mediocre when they could be making right. stellar movies mm-hmm. if they just took the time to not listen to Warner Brothers. Right. Let Jeff Johns fix it. Now, yes. granted, he came, came on, on halfway through, yeah. and I have hopes for what he could do, but already with Ben Affleck officially confirming now he's done with the bat, you know, it's been rumored all summer. I know. Uh, even the the director of that movie was saying that the next one would be not connected to the DCU, but then going back on that word, no, 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 it's part of the overall same... They don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. Right. And I heard rumors Jake uh, Gyllenhaal could be the new... I just... I, I'm going to reserve judgment on that because the same feeling that I'm having right now about Jake Gyllenhaal being Batman is the same feeling I had when I heard Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker. And that turned out amazing. So I'm not going to... Well, even Ben Affleck turned into an amazing Batman. Oh, you don't think? Yeah, I mean, he he did better than I thought he was going to do. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, he's Ben Affleck, so he's always mouth-breathing. It's weird. Um, (laughs) But... So, yeah, I mean, I just, I can't picture it. I can't picture Jake Gyllenhaal as Batman. Oh, I definitely can't In my head. Especially since the way they've gone with Batman in these movies is the older Batman, and Jake Gyllenhaal is way the fuck younger than Ben Affleck is. So that's going to be... Then Batman Beyond? Maybe they're going to go that way. And I'm fine with that, too. That would be, I think they would need to go even younger if they were going to do that, because Jake Gyllenhaal... Well, hey, here's the thing, though. They're being selective on... They're not saying he's Bruce. That's true. Saying he's Batman, that's, so that's true. So it could be, it could be that. And in, in which case, that's, and I'm fine with them switching Batman. It's the way they did all of the '90s movies. So having a new oh yeah, yeah. actor and as Batman doesn't it doesn't take me out of the story at now. all, right? Because they kind of that's the way we grew up on Batman mm-hmm. movies. That's them. what, and that's what's interesting when Marvel finally gets to that point. I think they're gonna after this Phase Four, they're just gonna kind of do it with everyone like they're just gonna mm-hmm. be like all right well they're gonna keep some people but the ones that are leaving they're gonna just recast a couple all at the same time not slowly and then have those be on for the next 10 years right but it's it will be strange in that sense though because these are the only ones that right. have been these characters but i'm totally okay with that yeah it's the, i mean you you gotta know there's been multiple superman there's been multiple yeah i will say this too let, there should have been there should have been another movie in between Justice League to set up even some more of this stuff. I think Steppenwolf was, you know, great in his music career, but bad at uh, <laughs> at, at being a bad guy. 
Connor Connor did go and see this movie, and that was his biggest complaint. It was Steppenwolf was just a, not a good yeah, villain. Just evil, just yeah. there. Yeah. And it didn't make sense. For it, a Justice League villain. Like, Steppenwolf I could see in, like, a single, you know, movie. He's the villain against one person. Mm-hmm. Not the entire Justice League. Well, I also, like, and I said it before, and I'll say it again, they needed to have Superman be dead in this universe. Yeah. Not just a, since the last movie, this movie. They should have showed a phase three of no Superman anywhere within phase three so that when you had some of these different people, like heroes, they don't have him to call up to come save them. They have to come up with some creative ways right. to do stuff instead of bringing Superman. Yeah. Now, now they, they, they missed that opportunity. I would have loved if they would have just embraced the death of Superman in the comic books where they had all these people step up to fill the shoes of Superman. That would have been interesting. Like steel and just... if they And it doesn't even have to be a huge part of the movie. It literally just has to be like flashes to different cities and how Superman's gone but not forgotten sort of thing. And you just show... You know, one of the Superman replacements doing something in one city and then going to another city and just, just like a montage of different Supermans. Like, just little things like that. Like, Marvel probably would have done that because they, because <laughs> they, they think about those things. Well, right? and it's, and it's Marvel making those decisions, not yeah. Disney. Yeah. Disney's just taking the profit. They're right. like, you do your thing. Yeah. Warner Brothers is all over it. Yeah. Um, not a, not a lot of huge news this week, like mind-blowing, like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening news, but I did see one thing that I thought was interesting, which uh, is a reboot to a comic that I loved, um, and they're changing the hero entirely, and that is Kick-Ass. So, Kick-Ass, always been Dave, can't remember what his last name or how it's pronounced, Mizuski or something like that, and that's just been the whole genre, right? He's this kid who has a terrible accident and decides he wants to be a superhero, and it's just him getting his ass kicked a lot, for the most part. (laughs) Um, But now they're rebooting the title, not retconning the title, as Tony thought I was referring to earlier. Rebooting the title with a new uh, hero who is uh, a black mom who used to be in the military. And it takes place now in New Mexico instead of New York City, which I don't know if that's as exciting as New York City, but it it could. Well, in an origin though, make I mean, you a could statement about like she deals with like border crossing stuff. Or I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that's where the world that it's going to take place. That's just going right. to be where they're from. So right. that's their upbringing is not the inner city, but they, they move to the inner city or something. Who knows? But I, I think it's interesting. I, I don't know how well people will take it because you know how fanboys and girls worldwide hate it when you completely change a comic title and add a completely new character because Marvel did that a lot and we heard the outrage from the internet every time that happened. So I don't know how this will play out, but... I mean, it's Mark Millar, right? He's mm-hmm. not going to fuck up his own series. He's got to know what he's doing. Oh, he for sure knows what he's doing. In fact, 
I don't know if you heard that he just sold his uh, Millar World, all his comic books to Netflix for nine. Oh yeah. Nine figure thing. Well, and that so that was my other question. Then is he rebooting this title because now they're going to do a Netflix show based on this new series? Probably because they already have the movie. Yep. Oh, damn yep. it! The synergy is not working with me <laughs> because I'm not liking it. I, I, I do want to say something about Mark, though. So he's taking uh, some of that money and back in his hometown, giving back. He's building 30 new uh, buildings, houses to uh, for uh, underprivileged people. Oh, my God, that's awesome. And he's just always wanted to do something back for his hometown. And now that... Um, he's got that Netflix money. Yeah. <laughs> So over the, the course of the next five years, he's building uh, 30 that's houses amazing. for people. And it, yeah, that's yeah. awesome of him uh, in the long run. So he's he has sold the rights to make... Um, Pretty much all of his works... To Netflix has the rights to, but he's still allowed to publish under his own... Yeah, he can still create and do his yes. own... Yeah. And... From what I understand, Netflix is going to... It's going to be like a symbiotic relationship because Netflix is going to take new material that they're thinking of doing and putting it out as a comic book first under his label to see how well... It's, they're like shopping around. like a around. series? Yeah. So they're going to throw out a comic book or a series or like a six-issue series, see how that plays, and if it does well, then they know that... a. Netflix series will do even better. See, when I was... Well, I've heard a lot of things about people that have Netflix shows and how you don't know how well your show you have or how bad right. one is. You just kind of got to go off of everyone else, and they never reveal it. Right. There's some person that has some serious knowledge of stuff and has the best tight lips ever to, like, with the guys from Stranger Things, like, they figured they might have had a hit, but right. they didn't know for a while until they just get a call saying, hey, we want a season two. Kind of as simple as that, as they were saying, um, a lot of the other shows that go on there as well, you, even if they're failures, you still wait forever until you finally get that phone call. So you're in this right. limbo world. What was it Sense8? Was that the one they canceled yep. that was actually really popular? And really fucking good. Yeah. I loved it. So that, I mean... Well, I'm wondering, though, too, if this is more of also living from, like, after these series ended... Like Sense8, and that was mm -hmm. someone I was thinking of, those go off in the comic book form. Oh, and they could go under Millar's label. Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking, which I also was like, I don't want this. But now that I think of it, I do want this to yeah. explore some of these worlds. I just don't want it to... My biggest thing now, besides not following canon, my second newest biggest pet peeve is... <laughs> Stop with having one form of media influence the other. Yeah. I want my shows and live action to be one thing. I want my comics to be one thing. Right. You can draw from each other, but you don't need to be exact. Yeah. Because I'm not going to see a movie to be exactly how I read about it in the books, you know. When well, I no, gonna... because we've learned as fans throughout the years that that is not a fucking thing. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you if your favorite comic book is being made into the movie, guess what? It's not going to be the comic book. The characters will be the same. Maybe. That's about it. Don't expect your favorite to be on screen. <laughs> nope. Um, I do hope, though, that uh, the new... I mean, we could have said this when Marvel... We are talking about Marvel, but the new editor-in-chief of Marvel... Oh, yes. C.B. Sabolsky. Yep. 
I have I have faith in him. I think he's going to make some good decisions. He said yes to the Runaways, which ended up being huge for Marvel, and now there's a Hulu show coming out for it. Um, so Axel Alonso is stepping down, which makes me. He's sad. been up there for. He's been think, a while. I think fifteen years yeah, now. That's. It's been a while. It's time, right? They're getting into a new generation, so it makes sense. They're moving in a different direction they want a new person in there but he, it's not like he's new new he's been there for a while he's just got an upgrade yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he well, found those loot boxes in uh, yeah. Star Wars Battlefront 2 <laughs> he put in his time to finally unlock Darth Vader but that that also makes me happy though they didn't just take somebody like they didn't you don't have somebody jumping ship right mm-hmm. like we had with DC couple weeks ago, um, which you guys probably talked about yeah. last week. Um, he literally has been working with Marvel for years as an assistant editor, and now he's risen the ranks, the editor-in-chief. So he's an insider, which could kind of suck, but he also knows he knows the vision. And so he's not going to come in and be like, oh, guess what? I know you guys just changed everything, but we're going to do it again two months from now. Sorry, but this is what I want to do now. Um, so, you know, pros and cons, I think, with taking a guy who's been there for a while. All right. Uh, that's all I have for really anything to... I mean, there's some other things. Sony wants the 21st yeah. century stuff. I mean, yeah. 21st century is going to sell off their shit. Yeah. All these people now want to buy it. Oh, yeah. This is, I mean commodity, right? That's what comic books are now. Um, the only other thing I want to mention that I'm very excited about is there is going to be a new Labyrinth comic book coming out that explores the origins of Jareth, and I think that is going to be super cool, and I totally want to see how the Goblin King became the Goblin King. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Alright, why don't you take us in a booze and a book? Alright, so booze and a book this week. I know... We didn't talk about any Batman earlier, but I totally have a Batman title because he rules DC right now. Um, So I picked up the Dark Knight's Metal tie-in, The Batman Who Laughs, which is one of the evil Batman's origin stories. And I'm not allowed to spoil it because Tony hasn't read it yet. (laughs) That's the big reason why I put it over here. But I do want to point one thing out because I know how much you love this shit in comic books. The beginning of the book, not the... Oh, actually, you know what? This isn't the one I even was going to point that out in. So never mind. I'm not going to spoil it at all. There was another comic book that came out a couple weeks ago, and I will tell you about it later. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Batman Who Laughs. If, you've reading, if you're reading metal at all, it's the Joker-Batman hybrid. So that's not spoiling anything. Um, and that's all I'll say about it. Uh, the drink that we're pairing it with today is the Clown Prince. Which seems apt. Uh, so it's equal parts grape juice and bubblegum vodka. Bubblegum vodka? Bubblegum. <laughs> bubblegum vodka. Um, and sugar, green food coloring, and a blood orange wheel, which is just a, sl- a fancy way of saying a slice of blood orange. Um, so you mix the sugar with the green food coloring, and you rim the glass with that, and then you mix the bubblegum vodka and the grape juice and put it in the glass so then you have that nice purple with the green around the rim like the joker right and you just throw your blood orange in there because 
This book is very bloody. <laughs> like, very bloody. Like, just very, very bloody. So, anyway, enjoy with Batman Who Laughs. All right. Well, um, I guess I'll leave you with this. For every minute, the future is becoming the past. Thor. Oh. He said that. Um, because everything I said today was Thor. Yes, you do. I think I think you have a man crush on Thor. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, stay thirsty for Thanksgiving. It's coming up soon. And Tony and I might have a special edition Thanksgiving podcast in the works. 